Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Magic Mike may have given us a delicious glimpse inside the world of male stripping. Hello, Channing Tatum's abs. But what do we know about female stripping? If you're a million years old like I am, you may remember the seminal movie Showgirls about Vegas showgirls, not even legitimate pole dancing. But how accurate are those films that depict exotic dancing? And also, why do we even call it that? I want to find out the real deets behind the scenes of a strip club. I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. And today I'm going to talk to two women who are strippers. The ladies I'll be speaking with today danced in clubs in different parts of the country and have very different experiences with the job. So let's start making some calls. Our first guest today is a comedian, former Playboy columnist, and stripper. Welcome, Casey Coop. Hey, Casey, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. And you're calling from the West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm out in L.A., my happy little bubble. Happy little bubble. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us. I know it's, like, early, early, early your time. But, um, Casey, fill us in on how you started stripping. I started stripping about two years ago when my car was going out, and I was just like, I don't want to live in L.A. without a car. And, like, Real? I don't want to work in an office job because, to <laughs> me, that's worse than death. Um, <laughs> I can't sit still. I can't stand fl- fluorescent lighting. I don't really like wearing clothes that much. I feel you. Um, <laughs> but I need to save more money than I was making working in restaurants. And I was like, it had always kind of been in the back of my mind, you know, like, well, I could always be a stripper, kind of jokingly thinking that. Sure. And then one day I just was like, oh, my God, I need more money. I need a car. How am I going to make it real quick? And I got into dancing. And so do you literally Google, like, how to get a job at a strip club? Or, like, how you know, how do you go from making yeah. the decision to do this to, like, Actually, dancing up there? In this day and age, and, like, the... It was like what, like 2015? Mm-hmm. You actually can. There's all kinds of stripper forums where they answer questions for newbie strippers. There's like wiki how to become a stripper with like illustrated directions. Oh. <laughs> so easy, piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. I don't know how girls started back in the day, um, but right. I just needed a step by step personally. Right, right. So, what was your first time dancing like? How did it? How did you feel? It was on, it was honestly incredible because I just was so nervous. I could barely toddle around in those high heels. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. But the audition was in front of customers, a couple guys. 
And I got up there and I danced and I just got like getting money thrown at me for doing the thing I love, which is dance and be sexy. Yeah. I was like, this is like the best instant gratification of my life. Like I'm addicted to this now. I will never stop. And so what did you have to do for your audition? Like, did they just play music and say like, get up there and like show us what you got? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You kind of like just pick out two songs and just go. But honestly, I think I got hired because. I didn't know what I was doing on stage, but I talked to the manager beforehand and I was super just bubbly and my personality was on point. And I think a lot of the girls that can work in the club sometimes aren't quite so bubbly because you kind of have to be a badass to work in the strip club. You have to be a really tough girl, which I am. Yeah. But a lot of the girls tend to not be so like happy go lucky. (laughs) There are definitely some for sure. Yeah. But. You know, I think I stood out because I had such a bubbly personality. Yeah, absolutely. So you obviously seem really positive about the whole experience. Um, yeah. Sounds like you nailed your, audi- your audition. What's the <laughs> dynamic like, you know, backstage with the other girls and sort of the parts of it that aren't? Because it sounds like you're a performer and you love the part about being on stage. What about the rest of it? Oh, my gosh. The rest of it is amazing. Like, it's just as I think fun and important as going on stage in terms of empowerment because... I felt super empowered dancing around in my underwear on stage, super hot, just like good about my body and and elements of it that I had been self-conscious about before I have melted away. Yeah. And then with the other girls, like you're just around so many empowered women that like it just it's infectious because all the girls are really badass women. Like you kind of just have to be to work in a strip club because people pass so many judgments on you for that for that work you have to be a really tough girl so really it's just like a bunch of bad bitches just like <laughs> bonding like it's it's like a sisterhood back there and I, honestly you'd think like it would feel very competitive because like you're trying to make money off these guys but I don't think it does it really it's not what I think most people expect it's just a bunch of girls like joking around just like talking about how big the dicks they're fucking are and just like <laughs> the usual just bonding it's yeah like, it's like the most powerful sisterhood I've ever been a part of and why do you think I mean I think it's amazing to hear you talk about it and you're obviously so genuine and it, and it sounds like it's been a really mm. empowering experience for you why do you think there's so much judgment attached to it because you know you kind of hinted at that earlier and I think it's mm-hmm. true I think people have a certain impression in their mind of strippers or any people who are doing like so-called sex work in that category Yeah, I think it's because, like, before this very heavy social media day and age, like, this was just, like, a line of work that was relegated to the darkness. Like, you couldn't talk about it. You had, like, pretty much almost everyone who did it had to lead, like, a double life if you wanted to be accepted into society and or if you're pursuing, like, another career or, like, just going to school so, like, if you have it in your past, like, it used to be, like, a dark mark upon you. Like, oh, you cannot do this and also have a life. But I think with social media, like, opening everyone's lives up to each other, like, we all just, like, like everyone posts about everything. Like, it's just, like, social media has allowed us to just, like, air our dirty laundry. And, like, I think in a good way because now, like, sex work isn't this, like, dark scary thing you see that normal girls do it I mean I was even surprised when I went to work there and so many of the girls were just like pretty normal in terms of like they weren't like big drinkers like they were just like 
doing this on the side to support their other artistic endeavors. Like they had boyfriends, one had a husband, Mm -hmm. like they were all ages, all races, you know, like, yeah. And that's kind of like, I was just going to say, I think that's, I think that's interesting to hear you say that because even though you had already made the decision that you wanted to do this and you were obviously going there looking for a job, that even still you were a little surprised by like, oh, like these other girls are normal too. You know, I think that's kind of interesting. Oh my gosh, I was so judgmental. It was crazy. Like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I was like raised in a small town in Oregon, super conservative and religious town. And, like, I always looked down upon the idea of it. It just, it scared me because I considered myself a feminist, and I still do. And I was like, oh, you can't be, you know, an empowered woman and also, like, use sexual stuff for money. Hmm. But, like, I realize now, like, there's been nothing that's empowered me more than stripping as a woman. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, do you recommend that it's something that everyone try, whether that's like on a stage yes. or like in a class? <laughs> I do. I do. That or at least take a pole dancing class because I feel like they're so common now. They're like as common as like. Oh, yeah. You can do it at like the YMCA. Yeah. yeah. And like just take it and see how good it makes you feel in your body and how strong and sexual it makes you feel. Because those girls still wear the tall heels. It's not like they're doing something even remotely different from what we're doing. Right, right. And so what kind of reactions do you get from people you're dating? Um, You know, when I started out dancing, I was like, oh, my God, I'm undateable. No one will ever love me again. Right. But I was like a hot mess back then. So right. like I had been single for like five years or some crazy amount of time because I was just back then I was like partying really hard. I was like in my alcohol and drug and sex addictions. I had like, things had gotten bad for me. Yeah. So I was like, well, no one's dating me anyway. I'm just going to start stripping. And like now I'm sober and I'm not active in any of my addictions or anything like that. But I had a very low opinion of myself and I was like, you know, thinking guys would never date me. So I was on Tinder and when I would reveal that I was a dancer, guys would either like just friend zone me or they would like unmatch me or stop talking to me. They're like, oh, okay, bye, you know, like, it's either that or they see you as a fetish. Like, they either want you because they want to have hooked up with a stripper or dated a stripper to tell their friends they dated a stripper or just don't want it at all because guys, a lot of guys are very jealous and possessive, which is not the kind of guy I want to be with. Right. So now... Um, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you're dating someone now. now. Yeah, and he's awesome. And, like, you know, I just got to a place in life where I was fully accepting of myself. And I met somebody who then accepted me, and he's very, like, comfortable with it because, you know, he's known it's my job all along. I'm very open about it. And I think just showing people that it's a normal job that I that you pay taxes for right. and a lot of people do it or have done it, it helps them see, oh, yeah, this is, like, a platonic thing, like, Right, right, right. And so how did you, did you end up meeting your current boyfriend on Tinder? Uh, No, luckily I quit using that a long time ago because it's horrible. (laughs) Led to horrible experiences, mostly. Right. Um, I'm with you there. No, I met him through friends, like pretty, pretty traditionally. Okay. And has he, like, does he feel jealous like seeing you dance or is that just like a non-issue like how does that factor into your relationship you know I just don't I just tell him to never come in the club and he doesn't want to (laughs) we just keep it separate because I describe what I do I let him know like 
because at my club, the guys are not allowed to touch me. At a lot of clubs, they are, but not mine. Yeah. So I make that clear, and I tell him, like, you know, I only sit with guys for two songs before I hustle them for lap dances. I'm not talking <laughs> to them for a long time. Yeah. It's, I'm like a hustler there. Like, I'm down to business. Like, I'm about making money. Yeah, yeah. And are you comfortable saying how much you typically make? Yeah, um, you know, L.A. actually is kind of notoriously bad for the strip scene, like, money-wise, but I'm a hard hustler, and I can average, like, 300 or a little less. Sometimes I'll have, you know, $800 nights. Sometimes you have a $19 night. It just, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, and are the the clients that come in or the people that come in, is it, like, do you see a lot of, like, big groups of guys on bachelor parties or is it like kind of a work crowd or is it men by themselves do you see women in the audience you know the place i work is super in like the very like hipster part of town like the cool hip area of young hipsters so we get a lot of like young ironically dressed people like both sexes (laughs) yeah and it was just super annoying because they have no money um Uh but we feel very lucky to it's like you just want a guy who's a little older by himself because he'll he'll probably buy lap dances yeah. or like two guys a little older who are straight like because as a stripper you just want to hustle lap dances and that's like that's like gold right there yeah yeah um and it sounds like i mean i think it's interesting to hear you say the word like hustler you're obviously really focused on what you're doing are there like you know, do you feel like you picked up things along the way in terms of, like, how mm-hmm. to get better at that? Like, is there a lot of sort of, totally. like, sharing between the girls that you work with? I'm sort of curious about this sort of, like, you know, professional development, basically. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's no freaking, like, stripper manual going into yeah. it. You really just have to learn the job. You learn lap dances on the job because nobody teaches you how to do a lap dance. You just kind of look around the room. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll do that move. Like, you, it's, yeah. it's like you just figure it out. And the person is probably really bad at all the things, at hustling, at lap dancing, at stage dancing. Now I'm like, I've honed it. You know, you pick up things from the other girls. Yeah. And, like, hustling. Like, I I don't sit with guys for two more than two songs before asking if they want to get a lap dance. Because that's just going to waste my time and energy to sit with them all night. You right, know? right. Because I'm sober, like, I don't sit there and drink with them all night. And then... You know, because a lot of guys will just be wasting your time trying to ask to, like, take you home because they're girlfriend shopping at the club. And right. Like, I don't have the energy to sit with you all night and listen to that. Like, I'm trying to hustle guys for lap dances. Right. Yeah, you totally, like, I feel like it's honestly, you just have to match their energy. Every guy's on a different, has a different personality, something different that makes them laugh, a different wavelength of flirting. And you just, like, I feel like I've, I can just, like, kind of get on their level. And that's how... I sell them dances like you just yeah. you just become like a chameleon yeah and I'm sure you learn very quickly like you get very good at probably figuring out right away like this isn't yes. gonna go anywhere this guy like doesn't have any yes. money like you probably get good at sort of picking out who's worth spending more time on or like how to interact totally with that. yeah totally I, I could see how guys, oh go ahead oh some guys are just rude and that's not worth your time like you know, a lot of guys in the club are really, really actually nice. Like, they'll give you so many compliments there because they're there to sort of worship women. Yeah. So if you get a guy that's rude, you got to just get up and leave. I don't deal with that. Yeah. There's no, it's, just, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I feel like probably you get you have probably gotten so good at just reading people and understanding people. Yes. A hundred percent. It's like a like I don't know, a boot camp and just like human behavior and Totally, because it's speed dating. That's how I describe it. It's speed dating. You sit with strange men, like, for what, like, 10 minutes at a time, maybe yeah. a little more if you're selling them dances. Yeah. And it's just, like, you have to pull a conversation out of your ass, which I used to not even feel comfortable going on dates, like, in general. Right. I had to get drunk before. Right. Et cetera. But, um... Now I just, I'm so used to, I just sit with a stranger, pull a conversation out of my ass. You find like, like you said, like it's easy to start identifying like what will make them laugh or what kind of conversation they'll be into. Yeah. And you just like, you're just very adaptable after a while. So it sounds like stripping sort of has coincided, your career as a stripper has coincided with you getting sober. Are those two things related? Because I could also see how there might be the impression that it would be the opposite. (laughs) <laughs> right. I wrote about it a lot in my column for Playboy, actually, and now in, I'm writing a book um, about my experiences. That's amazing. Um, I actually got sober three months into stripping, and, like, I think, like, you know, honestly, not that many girls who work in the club are addicts. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. a very old cliche. Like, I was, before I even started dancing, like, I was just running amok, doing comedy, being crazy. Right. Thinking I was the next corny love. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> But then I think it's, like, easy to sort of, like, hit your bottom when you were working in a club because you can drink openly and, like, probably if you want, you can do drugs easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, like, it's easy to just kind of fast forward and hit your rock bottom and be like, oh, yeah, like, this isn't suiting my lifestyle. Plus, there's, like, sober strippers I've met and who, who've done the whole thing sober. Yeah. So I knew it was possible. That's amazing. That's amazing. So it sounds like in your, yeah, in your case, having these role models and knowing it was possible, but also it just seems like you've really loved it and probably having that sort of, totally that thing that you cared about and this way of making money and being on this path, it sounds like was important to you in your recovery. Yeah. Making money was huge. Like I've been living paycheck to paycheck in restaurants for so long and it was really miserable and, and stressful. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it's so luxurious for me to make a little bit of money. I'm not, like, rich, but I've yeah. been able to travel a little bit, pay off my credit card, get a car, like, treat myself to, like, getting my nails done. Just silly things like that are huge for me. Yeah. And then, you know, like, it, it like, dance in and of itself. Like, I used to be a dancer back in high school, you know, I was on the dance team. And, like, having it back in my life has always been this catharsis, cathartic relief for, for me. Um, yeah. So just dancing alone feels good. Like, if you're feeling kind of, like, anxious, dancing just, like, gets all of that out of your system. Yeah. And for you, do you have an end point in mind? Like, is this something you see yourself doing until, you know, you have, you know, other parts of your writing career take off or until the book comes out? Or is this something that you really see yourself doing for as long as you can? You know, even if and, and or when my comedy career and writing takes off, um, into like full time. Yeah. I'd still want to dance one night a week. Like I know one girl who's like in her forties. She's beautiful. She still does it every Friday and she I has for many, many years and she has a day job and all of that. But there's something about it that it's sort of like your social life. Like the, like the girls are my friends. Some of the regulars are my friends, like the yeah. owner and the manager are my friends, the bartender, the DJ, like it's my social hour. I don't go out anymore. Yeah. So I go there and socialize and dance. You feel like a 
star in your little bikini and everyone's throwing money at you. Yeah. It's just like, it's like a fun Friday night. Like if I had a full-time job, I'd still do it on Friday night. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Casey, thank you so much yeah. for sharing your experience with us. Um, I love how positive yeah. you are about everything. It's really amazing to hear. Is there anything else you want to add before I have to let you go? Um, I'm just, I don't know. I'm writing a book now, so just keep your eyes peeled or follow me on Twitter at Casey Coop, K-A-S-E-Y-K-O-O-P, or follow my Instagram. So I, I post a lot of my shows and updates and writing on there. And is that is your Instagram handle the same, Casey Coop? Yes. Okay, yes, perfect. Yes. And when, do you have a date for your book yet, or you're still in the process of? Not yet, but it's, it's in the works, and it'll be um, it'll be a series of essays. So I'm really excited about it. It'll be really funny, just like my column was. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll come back on the podcast when your book is out, and we can talk about it more then. And I'm sure you'll have amazing. all these crazy stories to share. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Casey. Bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. If you're like me, then just the thought of going into a used clothing store stresses you out. Digging through all the different clothes, shoes, and accessories is just way too overwhelming. You can never find anything in your size. And like sometimes, to be honest, it feels a little weird to even like touch the things. That is why I'm totally obsessed with ThreadUp. It's the online secondhand store with thousands of designer and brand name clothes and accessories that are always up to 90% off. You can search by your favorite brands like Lululemon, J. Crew, Banana Republic, Anthropology, and more. And you can filter by size, color, price, and style with thousands of new items added every day. ThreadUp triple inspects each item by hand to ensure all their clothes are like new and many even still have the tags on. Once you find a great deal and order it, your new items will arrive folded with care in ThreadUp's signature polka dot box. Head over to ThreadUp.com today to save up to 90% off retail on your favorite brands. Again, the whole idea of ThreadUp is that it's that fun of sort of vintage shopping and finding a really great find, but without actually having to dig through racks of things that aren't your size and feel kind of dirty. Check out the website. It's a really amazing shopping experience. Um, they have so much good stuff on there. And if you go to threadup.com slash Cosmo and enter the promo code Cosmo, you can get an extra 40% off your first order. That's threadup.com spelled T-H-R-E-D up.com slash Cosmo. That's an extra 40% off right now at threadup.com slash Cosmo with promo code Cosmo. Our next guest is a former stripper from Chicago. Welcome, Allie. Hi, Allie. How are you? How you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for calling in. Um, we just got off the phone with another woman who works out in LA who um, was telling us all about her experience. We're talking all about stripping on the podcast today. Um, so to start with, tell us how you got into stripping. Okay, so I was living in Chicago in 2013. I actually live in LA now. Okay. But um, I graduated college with a degree in theater in um, like the spring before and I've been working um like two minimum wage jobs and like tea retail and um I was working as a bartender at a couple different theaters and I um had moved into a new place and was just sort of struggling to hit the rent number that I um had come up with. So it was um it was sort of a complicated time and I lost out of my jobs and I came home and I was just like lying on the floor and my boyfriend had this friend who was a dancer and I'd met her briefly once and I was completely intimidated by her. She was super, super gorgeous and thin and just amazingly beautiful. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I don't know if I could do that. But 
and I'd never been in a strip club or anything, but she, I asked her one question about it at the time, and it sounded kind of interesting, so I was like, can you call her? So she ended up coming over later that week, and she was like, okay, well, how about you um, do a strip tease for me? And I was like, um, what? Um, and she's like, well, let's see if you can do it. Is this just like uh, in your living room or something? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, I'll do it for you first, and then you'll see what it's like. And I'm like, oh, okay. And now I have this like extremely gorgeous girl um, that was like <laughs> dancing for me. And I was kind of like, well, I think I could do that. Okay. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And so I start doing some things, and she's like, okay, no, you are a natural. You are fine. Just come and audition. I'm like, okay. Wait, I feel so, like having this gorgeous, like, professional stripper tell you you're a natural must have been, like, the best compliment ever. <laughs> uh, well, it, it definitely was. And I had some dance experience yeah. and theater experience and stuff. So You're used to like, performing. I was like, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll turn into something. Um. So I got my boyfriend to drive me to audition because I didn't have a car or anything. Um, <laughs> he drove me to my to work there for a long time before I bought a car, actually. And and I take um, it he had no problem with this. He was just like, "Do what you need to do." Absolutely, he's a bit older than me, and so he's um, just a little bit more secure in everything than I was at um, 23. Yeah. So he was just like, "Yeah, totally." Like saw it as a job and not like some sort of like I don't know something else right so um I went to the audition and interestingly it is not I didn't actually have to dance in the audition of the place that oh. I went to at the other club I worked at I actually I did audition and dance but they more just sat me down in the in the room in like the regular part of the club and then the manager came over and asked me a ton of questions about mostly just about myself and how comfortable I was going to be with the kind of things that were, were going to be expected of me and whether I could follow the rules and if I was sort of stable enough to take on kind of getting into it. And I think they... Um, and and what, were, what were the examples of, like, some of the rules, for instance? Um, so you're not supposed to let the touch customers touch you. I mean, and... Well, I mean, like, you touch your arms and stuff, and but, like, you know. Right. Um, and being able to hold that boundary, because, of course, they want to. Right. Um, and at that club, there was no alcohol um, served. Most people, most of the guys would come in having gone to other bars, and then they would, um, yeah, or they'd have, like, a like a flask or whatever. Yeah. But we weren't, we weren't um, drinking, so we were expected to be sober. Right. Which was kind of hard, because, like, you have to be so outgoing and go up to people and also get like rejected. Yeah. And it really helps to have a little bit of so like lubricant. Oh my God. That, yeah. Like but, that like um, shot of tequila for sure. Yeah. So that was a challenge to it. And um, yeah, people are going to be asking you all sorts of things and just to be able to hold your boundaries. So, and then they had me go downstairs at where they had the dressing room and there's a house mom there. And I don't know if anyone's told you about house moms yet. But they're, no. like, a stage manager for the club that lives in the dressing room and is, like, the direct person to deal with the girls most of the time. Um, they're usually someone who used to be a dancer, and they're super, like, they can be really affectionate sometimes, but most of the time it's, like, like, um, like the, 
like in a jail, like the like one prisoner is in charge of like the floor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like totally. Scary kind of person in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very intimidating. Um, yeah. So this person asked me other questions, and then she was like, "All right, let's just see you naked." I'm like, okay. So she had me take off my clothes. I didn't even get most of them off, and she was like, "Oh, you're you're fine." They're mostly looking for like I didn't have any weird tattoos I hadn't mentioned or like weird right. parts. Right. So I would imagine, and then that was it. So you have this interview and you meet with a house mom and you like barely get naked and she's like, you're good. And that was it. Yeah. They kind of give you a trial period and most people, they don't have to fire. People just aren't making money and then they stop because they it's bounce. awful yeah. to come in and not make any money. Yeah. You don't have to pay to be there. Like there's like stage fees depending on when you come in and you have to tip out all these people. And if you aren't making any money, everyone just everyone can tell and it just sucks and right people it's just not don't worth it. yeah and so what was what was it like the first time that you got on stage so i did not even though i had like plenty of background in performing i would did not want to get on stage and at first they didn't make me it was nice they were just like you can just go and work the crowd and then like when you're comfortable we'll put you up there yeah and i just avoided it as long as possible and finally they were like okay Allie, it is time. <laughs> what are you doing uh, here? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, at the club I worked at, there wasn't a pole, right? Um, right. The first club I worked at. And you just sort of walked out, and there's like two steps, and you had to not like fall over um, on the steps. And the stage was kind of slippery. And you're in these like absurd heels, which I'm still getting used to walking in. Right. Um, they're actually not that bad. They're made by a dance company, so they're actually made for dancing and walking, unlike most heels, but right. they still are very tall. Um, and Anyway, so I went out the, the first time, I think, I, it was easier than I thought it was going to be because there's these mirrors around at that club, and you could watch yourself in the mirror and yeah. not have to be so, like, I wonder how I look or if this is sexy. The right. lights are all low and stuff, and you're like, no, this is sexy. This looks fine. Right. So I should keep, yeah, this, this is going well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was so your first experience. Yeah. And then, so I think it's kind of interesting because it sounds like you were obviously nervous, which, like, I would be right there with you. I would have been terrified, but nervous to do this. But, it, I mean, obviously sort of intrigued from the very beginning from meeting this girl who seems so beautiful that kind of talked to you about this. Um, so what's happened between that first sort of, like, nervous experience of getting on stage and now? So I had, before I started working there, I didn't wear much makeup and I had, I didn't get my hair cut. I didn't, like, you know, just like just grew forever and ever. Yeah. Um, maybe get a trim and I didn't get my nails done and I just didn't do any of those things. Yeah. I didn't have any like clubbing clothes. I wore like the most clubbing thing I could think of, the audition. <laughs> and um, it kind of taught me how to play up like that femininity in myself to be able to, because that's actually like a thing I needed to do professionally in yeah. any job I've had. Just yeah. To, look like a professional adult woman and yeah. I didn't do that at all before I looked like such a like crunchy hippie yeah and <laughs> it helped me to like learn how to do that persona in a way that I hadn't had people ever help me with like I was even in a sorority and I didn't really have much of that people just like oh you're like the hippie girl um like, right teach me. Um, but like the house mom was like no more eyeliner no no, put more. You need to put more eyeliner on. <laughs> like, put more. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So people are literally like teaching you. Like, this is how yeah, you yeah. put more on. This is what you do. This is what you wear. 
Yes, absolutely. And like getting comfortable wearing not that much clothing and like these outfits that I was like, oh, this is not my aesthetic at all. Yeah. No. It was like, now that's the aesthetic and this is how to wear it on your body. Yeah. There like loads of help. Honestly, like people, as much as they're a little bit bitchy because there's kind of high stakes, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of money that could or, could or could not happen. Um, dancers are some of the nicest people I've ever met and some of the most like strong feminists sort of like taking women's studies classes yeah. and like yeah I was like really surprised I, I did not think that I was going to encounter that the woman that I was just on the phone with before we jumped on the phone was basically saying the same thing of how much she identifies as a feminist and you know she went into it with that perspective but was like I was surprised and she was like now I feel bad that I was basically being so judgmental when I went into it but now I know um, why do you think, you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think that the impression that people have of it is so different than the reality? Well, there's so few strippers in, like, as people in anything in the media. Like, mm-hmm. there are, I can't think of hardly any stripper characters. I've tried to, like, other than there's, like, that absurd movie, from, like, Striptease or what is it called? Yeah, there's the Striptease and Showgirls. Showgirls, yeah. <laughs> um, there aren't any good movies about strippers i've actually thought about writing one because that would be cool you should um, i had such a like mean girls experience kind of i thought it would work really well for a movie because mm. I, I came in and i was like such a nerd and there was this like group of girls i thought was really cool and i ended up getting to be part of them and it was like <laughs> whole thing <laughs> um, oh my god it sounds like anyway. a movie. i would watch that <laughs> um so yeah, so there aren't really any, you know, that was part of the reason that we wanted to do this podcast is, of course, at Cosmo, where you're very sex positive and very, um, you know, interested in letting, you know, women in any line of sex work share their experiences and share their stories. And, of course, like, what always happens is, like, I end up talking to people like you who are, like, so lovely and normal, of course. But, um, you know, I think it's important to sort of get that point of view or that perspective that people don't normally see out there. Um, But you are no longer working as a stripper, right? No. And so why did you decide to leave? Um, So the biggest thing that was hard for me was that my family didn't know what I was doing for money. Um, I had to keep thinking of other things at home I was doing. Yeah. So I had other jobs for periods of time while I was dancing. I worked as a bartender at a different place, and I worked at a web design company for a little while and just a bunch of different things. But it was like I was living this, like, double life, and I had, like, nightmares about it, like my mom finding out. It was awful. Did you consider telling them, or was that just completely off the table? I kept trying to think of a way to tell them. Right. But I just, like couldn't do it right <laughs> it felt like it'd be just too much and i like bought a car and they were like probably like how the hell did you pay for this right you know? uh, so that was part of it and the other side was i was just worried about my resume and like having this big gaping time i couldn't really account for with anything serious yeah so i got this job and i wasn't really planning on like totally stopping but i i just kind of got to be too much between both and then I just started working at the end at just, like, this private club mm-hmm. that did, like, small bachelor parties every, every like, every three months or whatever. And that was about all I could handle was having a full-time job. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that sort of dried up, and, and I moved out to L.A. So. so would you ever do it again? 
I would do it again. It's um, I just have to have the focus on like um, it takes a lot of just worrying about how you physically look, which I don't want to do all the time. Right. Like you know, <laughs> you're glad sure you got the tools, all. but <laughs> yeah. So um, I've thought about it though, because it definitely helped me to. I don't know. Like I'm somebody who thinks of myself as really heady, and like uh, I like prioritize like time to work on things and write things. And I don't prioritize, like, gym time that much. I'm like, right. oh, you know, whatever. I need to do that, I know, but it's not, like, number one. Yeah, but when I'm either, in girl. that lifestyle, I have to make it number one because I know that I need to be feeling confident and, yeah. like, being able to move. Because, it's, like, it's really exhausting. And if you're not loose and limber and strong, like, you're going to hurt yourself. Um, yeah, so... That's uh, that's part of it. It's like, man, I, I want to be in that shape again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. It's like you want to be in that shape, but, like, that's also a real commitment. I mean, like, any kind of, you know, any kind of dancing or any kind of, like, you know, work as an athlete, you really have to dedicate a lot of time to, like, staying in shape and going to the gym. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Not like I would know, but so I hear. <laughs> uh, it totally is. And, like, um, it isn't great on your knees and your feet. Um, long term yeah um, so I teach yoga is one of the things I do and like just being so aware of like how anti like the way my body's supposed to be the shape I am in when I'm in those heels is, yeah um, yeah I was like oh man I cannot do this forever but it's, it's good money well well it lasted for sure and so one final question for you did you feel like when you were on the stage dancing did you feel like you were you know, yourself, or did you feel like you were sort of playing a role? Oh, I absolutely had a character. Yeah. Um, it's just brought out the more, like, girly and playful side of myself. I danced to classic rock, and it was a sort of, like, 70s, like, like almost, like, silly porno-y, like... Right. <laughs> like, aesthetic. Um, like, think, like, those movies about, like... What's the what's the one? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to it off the top of my head. The one that's like set in Van Nuys, California, in like the seventies. It's about porn. Anyway, I was like very much that aesthetic with the yeah. curly, like wavy hair thing. It was like yeah. what I did. Yeah. Um, and I just played that up, and it kind of helped me to have a little bit of separation between like I'm someone who takes a lot of. I'm kind of kind of a proud person. Like it's not the best thing about me. <laughs> like I know I could be a little more like. I don't know, keep that, my ego in check and not get so, like, butthurt sometimes. Right. But um, when I'm in a character, I have to, like, allow those things to bother me because, like, they don't know me. They're not seeing me. They're seeing what I'm presenting to them. And I can let them think I'm really dumb. Right. Or, like, whatever I need to be to make this person happy. Right. Um, well, there's so, one thing I, we oh, haven't covered at all. But I oh, yeah, go ahead. Is um, the one thing that, I, that, that we haven't talked about is, like, I'm... I really got a lot out of what I gave to other people in, the, in that job, being like a counselor in a lot of ways for people, people who would hmm. never go see a therapist yeah, or just don't have somebody that could call or just stop in a club and like talk, tell you what's going on. And it could be something really intense and heavy and you're just there waiting for them. Like, yes, yeah. a lot of it's partying, but a lot of it also is like hearing some really intense stuff or seeing like somebody who's just, so downtrodden and then just changing their day and it was um that actually felt really good yeah and that was uh, really rewarding yeah and I could imagine that like a lot of people are coming into strip clubs with that on their mind and like it you know I wouldn't have necessarily thought that that would feel like a part of your role but it's interesting that that 
was something that ended up feeling really rewarding to you about it, getting to sort of hear these people's problems and be a sounding board for them. Yeah, it was not what I was expecting at all. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting other than dancing. I need yeah. to be dancing involved. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like that ended up just being like one teeny tiny piece of every of everything. Yeah, it was like dancing and also like sales. You're like, I got to like figure out how to get someone to go in a room and spend $800 to basically do the same thing they could do right exactly here. Right. Like, mm, I figure that one out. Right. Um, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, Ali, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. I really appreciate it. Um, and it was so nice talking to you. Yeah, it was great to talk to you, too. I'd love to have you back on again sometime. Okay, great. Awesome. Thanks, Ali. Bye-bye. Bye. I just want to thank Casey and Ali so much for sharing their very interesting stories with us about a job field that most of us probably don't know very much about. And thank all of you guys for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at Elisa Benson and hit me up if there's something you want to hear me talk about on the Cosmo podcast next time. As always, please share it and like it and subscribe and do all those things you do with podcasts. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.